Today on the Kyle and Kasnoff Show, we talk Champions League, Celtics are out of the NBA playoffs, and it's the Stanley Cup playoffs continuing with the Eastern Conference Finals. Stick around. All right, and welcome back to the Kyle and Kasnoff Show, possibly our last live on-air version for this year. Very sad to report that, but how are you doing, Kyle? I'm doing well, you know. I mean, we can get into it in a minute, but it's it's unfortunate that as of last night, the... Actually, you know what? I, I'm going to say spin zone is not really unfortunate because I can't watch the Celtics anymore. Even if they had won last night, they don't deserve it. They never wanted it. You know, the, like the amount of times that I screamed that laced with more profanities than I'm obviously going to use now. Because it, we're live on the that radio. That they just, they didn't want it. Like, even during the Indiana series, Indiana had it closer than a lot of people thought. That probably, they probably deserved at least one win in that series. The Celtics team was a dumpster fire all season long. Mm-hmm. You know, there was no leadership. It was a headless horse, essentially. All the moving parts weren't, weren't working out as expected. Um, so instant reaction. Okay, no, instant Pre-action, on July 1st, Kyrie signs with the Knicks. Good. See what ya. Is, like, that's what you're saying? See ya. I, 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 Kyrie Irving is my least favorite human on the planet right now. And there's not a whole lot of people who would disagree with Dude, what about LeBron? Me. Even more than LeBron because LeBron just isn't in the spotlight right now. Mm. Um, so well, you're I mean, just forgetting I mean, about him for a so minute. So exactly. Like, like once he's in the spotlight again, he will like resume his place. And once Kyrie Irving is out of Boston, I will obviously hate him less um, because he's not the – He's not the you know pompous extrovert that LeBron is, um, but he's he's annoying and kind of a. I mean, he Wait, is. Can, it, I, can it, I just can go I ahead? Ask a question yeah, yeah, go quick? ahead. Is LeBron James even an extrovert? I don't even think so. I think oh, he loves yeah, no, the no, spotlight. No, he definitely yeah. is an extrovert. He's like that's been said by um, you know whether it's it's Jackie McMullen, whether it's Bill Simmons, like just it, through interviews and like on and off the court, like in everything that he does, he is just naturally an extrovert. He's just kind of intertwined in everything. Okay. Um, ac- ac- according to what other people say, Withdrawn. and Kyrie Irving is a little bit different in that he is he is he generally off the court keeps to himself. Now, but have you ever seen like those those things he did, like his sit downs with Vogue, where he talked about like his Cartier wristbands? Um, no, I have not seen his his Vogue sit down because I care about what happens on the court. And when mm. he's not performing on the court, I could care even less about what he's doing with Vogue. But you never are just messing around on YouTube. Not not looking for Kyrie Irving and Vogue. No, those two words are not usually. In I my don't search. even know if it, I don't even. I actually don't think it was Vogue, but it was some <laughs> kind of fashion magazine. I saw a little video of him came up on my timeline a few weeks ago. But but Kyrie Irving, he has turned into LeBron because all of a sudden nothing is his fault anymore. Mm-hmm. They lost, I would say, they lost 80%, gr- greater than 80% because of his actions. He, he, is, he was brought onto this team to be a leader. Not, not, not a leader, the leader. You lead by example. You are, by, you are far and away the best player on this team. You, you chose to leave the Cleveland Cavaliers because you wanted your own team. Mm. There you go. You have your own team. They went. They went to w- within one game of the of the NBA Finals last year without you. You need to prove that you are the reason that this team is going to succeed. And he did not do that. And all of a sudden, at the post game press conference last night after their game five loss by twenty five points, mind you, they really did roll over against the Bucks, a team that's not that much better than them on paper. I'm, they aren't. Can I say this? Sure. Two things. First of all, it was GQ, not Vogue. 
So okay. just clear my good name. All right. Okay. Second I'm of sure all, they were wondering. Yes. he doesn't need to prove anything. You know why? Because he's going to go to New York and he's going to sign a contract for what? $125 million? And that's going to be it. He signed his big ticket and it's all good. He may not think that he needs to prove anything because he is, he is at the end of the day, he is an NBA champion. Uh-huh. But he was an NBA championship as second fiddle to LeBron James. He's, his goal in leaving the Cavaliers was to prove himself as a number one guy. There are only a handful of number one guys in the NBA who can perform at an all-star caliber and lead a championship caliber team t- to the title as, an, as the number one guy. I mean, I obviously recognize LeBron's skill, but I think that it's unfair... In fact, I've given a speech to this effect to discount Kyrie's contributions in that in in that win. He was incredible in Game Seven, but I mean, it's he it's had forty-one points. But LeBron James led all players in that series in every in every category. They are not they are not in Game Seven at all without that without the performance of LeBron James. You're right, and but also he had back to back forty point nights in the finals. Also, that means something. He did hit the shot, uh-huh. but the shot is I would say. It may be a, a little bit of a controversial take that it is one of the most overrated shots in NBA history because it was the only field goal scored by either team in, in the last five minutes of play. Nobody else hit a shot in the last five minutes of play. That was the only one. So, like, sure, he did hit it, but it was the only one. You Seems know? like he's an outlier, which makes him even more special. But, like, considering what the level of play was, if you did watch that fourth quarter of that Game 7... Which I did. One of the most unspectacular performances by anyone... Granted, fatigue definitely played in, because it, it, is, it is the end, but it's Game 7. It's fourth quarter of Game 7 in a close game, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why that LeBron James block on Iguodala, probably more influential to the outcome of that game than... At, than Kyrie Irving's eventual shot was because again the Warriors hadn't scored in five minutes and I like we, we don't need to we don't need to to dissect that game seven right now because yeah. because we can let bygones be bygones but Kyrie Irving he needed to prove himself here in Boston and he didn't do that with in, in spectacular fashion mm-hmm. and I think that the Celtics will be better off next year without him and yeah, I and I hope he's gone can I say this though in defense of Kyrie Irving I don't think he's a number one player. I don't think he's a game changer, but I think he's the best number two you could have, pretty much. Because I agree. He is. He was born to be a second player on a championship team. Because the reality is... That is what he is. He's not going to be Kevin Durant pulling up and wet from three. You know? That's not what he is. What he is, though, is... When you're guarding Kevin Durant on the shot at the top of the, at the, top of the circle, the arc or whatever... He's passing the ball, he'll roll off and make a, a, a tough layup with his left hand and put points on the board. And that's really important. NBA history will tell you that point guards, especially undersized point guards like Kyrie, do not lead teams to championships. The, really, the only outliers in NBA history is probably Isaiah Thomas on the Pistons in, in the late 90s. He was the number one guy and mm-hmm. as, a, as a small point guard. And I guess maybe you can throw Curry in there, but I think Curry doesn't really count in this situation because of well, the, the of the incredible of the incredible spacing that he brings with his outside shooting. That like it kind of it kind of cancels out his lack of size in terms of like the kind of player that Kyrie Irving is in terms of like bruising down low. It's it's easier to lock up a Kyrie Irving because of his style of play mm-hmm. than a Curry who can just step further and further back. That's not really who Kyrie Irving is as okay. a player. Let me just say this though: if you take the fact that they'll be on the Knicks out of the equation. Because obviously, the- but at the same time, like 
I'll let you finish. Mm-hmm. Why would he go to the Knicks? That makes no, absolutely no sense to me. If what he wanted from the start was his own team, the Celtics still provide him with the best chance to run his own team. They have the most talent of any of the contenders among the Knicks, the Nets, the Clippers, and the Lakers. They have far and away the best talent of those f- four teams because really it's down to those five in terms of where yep. he might go. And if he goes to New York with the you know mosh pit of players that they have down there, you know, I mean, like it, it's a. And the Knicks are just a dumpster fire of an or, of an organization as a whole, top to bottom. But don't you just think that if if it's you know September first, preseason opens, and Kyrie and KD are walking through the big doors, but, and and that's my second point. Kyrie left the, left the Cavaliers because he wanted his own team. Why on earth would he join the Knicks as another second fiddle? It, was that ever really his goal? If after two years, he's going to rejoin a better player in Kevin Durant and have him lead the team for him? What what was the point of this two-year hiatus in Boston? What was the point? Like, you cost us you cost us two great playoff runs. You really did. Because I think if you have Kyrie Irving last year, in his first year, in that honeymoon year with the Celtics, he can be that missing piece in, you know, a per- perhaps a Game 7 win when they were— when it finally caught up to them not having that closer in the fourth quarter, mm-hmm. when they just couldn't hit a shot, Kyrie Irving could have made the difference there. And this year, he was the reason shooting, what, like 37% for the entire playoffs? He was the reason why they couldn't get past Game 5 of the second round. Okay. Okay? So he was more of a negative throughout his time here than a positive. And my next thing with the Celtics, do they need Isaiah Thomas back? Is he the answer? <laughs> because he, cause he took them farther than anyone else could uh-huh. as, a, as a number one guy. You know, because like I'm discounting last year's team because they didn't really have a number one guy. Isaiah Thomas as a number one guy with the Celtics, the best number one guy since the Pierce days. Okay. So is he the answer? Maybe. Well, here's what I'd like to say. Two things. First of all, maybe Kyrie's realized that he's not a good number one guy. Maybe he knows that. Maybe he said. I don't think that's the case, though, because because Kyrie Irving through his comments throughout this series, you know, he said, you know, like, when asked about his poor shooting, like, 7 for 22, whatever, mm-hmm. who cares? I should have shot 30. That's that's spoken like a guy who wants to be the number one guy. Coming out there saying, oh, I missed 15, probably should have missed, you know, 20, you know? Because, like, cause like yeah. he, he he's, like, his answer to this is to keep shooting, and that's what a number one player's mentality is. So I think he still does think of himself as that guy, and, and, and joining the Knicks would seriously cause me to question that, because I don't see him going there w- without Durant. Yeah, but you know what happens, by the way? Just let me just just hear me out. Even if he goes there and everyone, you know, chews him out because he's going back to be the number two guy, whatever, you know, Kyrie doesn't want this. On a team with this. no other talent. Okay. Just imagine that Kyrie, KD, plus, you know, what, the second overall pick? Now they're, now they're making championship runs with their big three. Let's say he wins one, two championships. With the Knicks, I think there's, I think there is the possibility though that if they do get the one or two pick and they do, like, mm-hmm. say it's it's known that Kyrie is planning on signing there or, yep. or Durant's planning on signing there, like when the June twenty uh-huh. draft comes around, I think it's implied that the Knicks would trade out of that number one pick uh-huh. because there isn't a huge like if you have Kyrie and Durant, you know the numbers one, two, and three are R.J. Barrett, Zion, yeah, and. Yeah. and uh, John ja Morant, mm-hmm. there isn't a whole lot of need for those guys there. Why? If you have number one, you can put Zion in with those two. I mean, you could, but you could get so much more value trading down because you know that a team like, say, Dallas... And getting a strong roster player. Right, exactly. Yeah. Getting a win-now guy, not mm-hmm. you know a 20-year-old you know yeah. kind of a project because I think Zion will be a project with his lack of a jump shot. Okay, so let me just say this. So the point is that 
now we're saying they're going to have, what, the 12th overall pick plus a talented player, Kai D, K, sorry, KD and Kyrie. Though yep. that is, that could be That's their couple names. Mistake, yep. Kai D. Sure. Just keep that one in mind. Sure. Uh, and now they win a championship or two. Now he's Kyrie Irving. I don't see them winning a championship as, with that roster. That I'm just saying, thing. if he does, now he's Kyrie Irving, three-time NBA championship, three-time NBA champion, and all the other stuff just floats away. Where'd the second one come into play? I said a championship or two. I was going with the optimistic okay, one. Okay. I mean, if you win, it all goes away. All that negative stuff. You know this right, and I'm saying that the Boston Celtics, while I don't really want him to return, I'd rather get another star in his place, like say an Anthony Davis, perhaps, mm-hmm. because the Boston Celtics have lacked in, in interior scores since Kevin Garnett left. Yep. Um, I I think that Boston gives him the best chance to win now, if that's what he wants. So, like, obviously, I think there has been some kind of a falling out with Brad Stevens, mm-hmm. but I don't see Brad going anywhere. Um, well, I guess my question is. What if he does? I mean, obviously, he's not going to say it publicly, but what if he just does know at his core that he's not meant to be the number one guy? But I don't think he does, though. I, I really don't. I think he is hell bent on being the number one guy. He never would have left LeBron. Like, you know, like, that's something that you know. Yeah, but why, why wouldn't he have left LeBron? Because he knew LeBron was going to leave him, so now he got to control the narrative. He got to leave right, and first. Right, then, and, then and then he could have stayed in, and then controlled his own team once LeBron left. Like, it's the same deal. Yeah, but he probably. He w- it was the number one in, you know... He was the number one before LeBron got yeah, there. Yeah, but he was the number one in Boston, is what I'm saying, on a much better team in Boston than he would have sure. been the number one team on in Cleveland. Right, yeah, that's And true. clearly he's got some insecurity because he... I mean, it was, like, I'm, I'm trying to think about what the roster looked like back then. I mean, yeah, that was when... Because, like, it definitely was not as good a roster as it is right now because Rozier hadn't really developed yet. Tatum was just drafted. We didn't know what we were going to get from him. People, a lot of people thought that they should have taken Josh Jackson out of Kansas over him. Um, but I mean, yes, it was definitely a more promising team because the Cavaliers were aging. Um, I think the Celtics, you know, then and now, best chance for Kyrie to run his own team. Most talent around him. Like, the pieces all fit. A great coach in Brad Stevens. Well, it, so, all, it all was set up to work out, and it just didn't. So here's it's my, because of Kyrie Irving. Well, if let's say they, the Celtics staying on them. If we, we replace Kyrie with Anthony Davis and the rest of the team is basically the same. I'm, I, I think that they go farther than they did this year, honestly. I think, if you, I think Davis at the five, my Horford at the is, four. Is that a championship team, though? What do the yes, Celtics need yes, to be a championship team? Yeah, that that to me is a championship team because the, I think the Warriors are going to break up this year. So the talent that talent is is going to be re, redistributed throughout the league. Yep. Um, I think Durant leaves. I don't know if he'll go to the Knicks. He might go to the Sixers. He might go to Detroit. He might go someplace like that. Um, I think Kawhi goes west to the Clippers. So there's a, like a little bit less talent in the East, assuming Kevin Durant doesn't come here. Um, I think Clay Thompson goes Lakers, leaving Curry and Green. And then Cousins, I don't know where Cousin goes because he's he's a wild card because of his mm-hmm. injury right now. Um, so that leaves Curry and Green in the Warriors. That's that's no longer a championship team in, in my mind because they have no depth beyond that. Um, but next year I see a much more level playing field in terms of talent once this all happens. With this, don't you think that will be a better NBA? Um, the NBA right now is as great as it's ever been. This this playoffs, it's turned into, for me as a fan watching it, mm-hmm. heading in, I was like, oh yeah, this is the Warriors year. Then Cousins goes down, you know? Now potentially Durant's down for the rest of the playoffs. They said it was a lower calf strain. It looked to me and it looked to everyone else watching like an Achilles injury. So, I mean, like definitely better that it's 
a, a calf strain as opposed to an Achilles. They say that he's done for at least the rest of the Houston series. But in terms of the playoff basketball that we've been watching, aside from the Bucks Celtics series, which which was kind of a letdown, um, with none of the games being within ten points or whatever it was or nine points, um, all of the other series have been absolutely electric. Mm-hmm. You know, the Sixers Raptors could go either way. I think it's going to go Raptors way. I haven't checked the score right I, now. I, live update. The 76ers are up by 22 with five minutes left in the fourth quarter. Okay, so that looks like Probably a 10 into game, force seven. A game 7. Heading to Game 7, electric. Denver-Portland has been as close as any of the series, really. Um, that's destined for seven games in my mind. And then Warriors-Rockets, completely up in the air now. With Durant done, will that bring out the best in Curry and Thompson? It did It did in Game 5. Will it happen in Game 6 and 7? We'll see. That's obviously going to be an electric series. We saw that coming in. All I'm saying, just hear me out. Hear me out. Now it's on Clay and Curry. There, I mean Clay and Curry. That's and okay. Green. I, I mean that was the original trio when they won seven. I know games. it's a big tri- three. So they win one more championship. The gang's all there. Steph finally gets his Finals MVP. He gets to be the savior. Golden State always thinks of him as, but he now really it is, is so the funny. Guy. That it, it is so funny though because it, it it is his team and it has been throughout this run. Yet he doesn't have a Finals MVP. Iguodala stole it from him in the first yeah. series. Okay, but the point is that then you could see well maybe the trios all staying together and all the noise goes away. Winning can make the noise go. But away. But the thing is that trio to me mm-hmm. is not nearly as imposing now. Then you know if they keep Durant and Cousins next year, like that to me is still is still a it's not it's not the team that October first you're like this season's a foregone conclusion. You know the Warriors are going to yeah, win but the you're fifth not title. writing them off. No team with Clay Thompson no, of and Steph not. Curry on it could you possibly not say good? Uh, things of course about not. But I'm just saying by now people have kind of figured them out and everyone else has kind of adapted along with them because they were the first team with that model of just firing away threes. Mm-hmm. The Rockets have adopted that and they could potentially be argued that they're doing it better than them now. Um, I mean, like in plenty of other teams, like look at the Celtics. They lose because all they do is just jack up threes. And they don't have the shooters that the Warriors do, obviously. So they don't win with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they still do it. You know, it, it's become the accepted way of winning in the NBA. Um, but long story short, the NBA is, especially right now, with how great these playoffs have been, is as great as it's ever been. And it's great because of the star power that's left. Even after the Celtics were eliminated, all the big teams are there. All the big players are fighting for it. We don't know who's going to come out on top, especially now with the injuries on the Warriors. And it's going to be awesome to see how this finishes out. I'm really excited. All right. And that's going to do us for our NBA talk here on the Kyle and Kazanoff Show. Make sure you stay with us. where We'll have some Champions League coverage on the other side of this quick break. The backward shot. This shot is fun. And yes, I have had to use it in competition. Oh, come on, baby. Do it. Oh, I misread it. All right, and welcome back to the Kyle and Kasanoff Show. We're talking Champions League football. Yeah, I mean, like, we haven't really been covering it for pretty much the whole season, but I think now Mm. we've come to the point where we have to because... yes. It has been the craziest week in Champions League history, without a doubt. Well, I wouldn't say that. I'd say probably a better week in Champions League history, you know, was when Chelsea triumphantly defeated Barcelona at the Camp Nou with Fernando Torres' amazing goal to put them into the Champions League final. Well, that was a better well, week. Well, we saw that times two this week, so I mean, like... No, 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 no. Definitively better. And especially uh, with the Lily Whites on top, you know, the real kings of London. Oh, no, no. London is blue. Always has been, always will be. I mean, like, good for you. You're in the Europa League final. Hey, call us when you get a Champions League. You're the best of the rest, as they say. Call us when you get a Champions League. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll call you June 2nd after we win. After we take down Liverpool. You know why? Because, okay, so we can get into it right now. Mm. Tottenham Hotspur has shown more fight than any other team in this tournament. Than any other team. Okay? Going back against Man City, they were left for dead. Mm. Absolutely left for dead. Came back at the end. Man City scores an extra time. You think it's over? Not to be. Offside. Puts them through miraculously. They perform best on the road, and they're going to be on the road in Madrid. Well, everyone's going to be on the road. Right. <laughs> but they're, Tottenham, they're just road warriors. They are. Even more so than Liverpool. Look, I mean, I obviously dislike Liverpool as well, but nothing would make me more upset than having another London club win a Champions League. Because... I mean, London is blue. It's Chelsea blue. It always has been and always will be. Is Chelsea going to make the the Champions League next year? Are they top four? They've hmm? already qualified. Good for them. Yeah. They made it back. Okay. Too bad they won't have Hazard, though. Stand down. <laughs> That's not necessarily true if you've been reading the gossip blogs. See ya. He's considering staying on account of the fact of their transfer ban. Everyone's considering staying, though, at the well, end of the day. He's considering staying because he doesn't want to hurt the club badly. Because Chelsea is currently experiencing a transfer ban, which is unjust. Tough look. That's a, real unjust. T- that's a real tough look for the supposed kings of London there. Let me say this. When Manchester City bribes parents, it's an agent fee, and it's allowed. But when Chelsea spends a little too much money, their financial fair play is questioned. You know why? You know what? Like, And you bring up all... All the finances here. You know why the Tottenham is the team that everyone should be rooting for here? They don't buy players. They've made it to the Champions League final without buying a single player. Oh, they didn't. That, wait, sorry, they didn't. They didn't buy Christian Eriksen. It wasn't. He was not. He was not transferred to Tottenham. What do you mean he wasn't transferred to Tottenham? Neither was Son. They don't. They don't steal players away from other clubs like like most other clubs do. They've relied solely on the free agent market, essentially. Or the equivalent in soccer. They are admirable in that respect. That just makes Daniel Levy cheap. Right. And they've made it this far with their penny pinch with their penny pinching methods, with their, you know, their futuristic stadium. They've got such likable players. Christian Erickson, you know, he's a he's a staple. Son is probably my favorite player right now on Tottenham. I won't lie. I missed Gilfie Sigurdsson. I liked him on Tottenham. He was good. He was good. I mean, like, I, I love their backs. I love the Belgian boys. Hugo Lloris has been great. Um I don't know. Like th- this is such a fun team to root for, and and their comeback against Ajax in the second half. I would you know, like to see the Dutch striker more. Um. Yeah. I mean. I mean. I. I. I see where you're coming from, but especially after Lucas Moura just put a hat trick on, and with Kane probably good for the final, I don't see him getting time. I. I don't know. I see Sun getting slotted back to you know the wing probably probably back to the wing with Eriksen sliding back to more of a of a central role as opposed to mm-hmm. as opposed to an attacking role. But I don't know, like, it was such an electric game, and, like, the way that Mora literally carried, carried them to victory, it, it's, it's so funny because PSG— It's an electric performance, kind of like when Fernando Torres went all the way down the field by himself in the 2012 semifinals at Camp Nou to score the winning goal and send Chelsea to the Champions League final. Again, this is like this is seven years ago, man. Like I, I can I can talk to you all day about past performances. Look, but May nineteenth, two thousand twelve, is a date that will always be special. Um, okay, 
good for you. But Ch- Chelsea right now is in the Europa League. We don't care about them right now. We're talking about Tottenham. They're going to win. And the fact that PSG sold Lucas Mora to clear space mm. to sign Neymar mm. with, with the hopes of making a push for the chip this year. How'd that work out for them? Yeah, it, I, I think it's like it's like such a great you know, sign of redemption for Lucas Moore mm. that he was able to come through in the clutch like that. Well, can I say this about PSG? I think that they'll never be truly successful in the Champions League because they're not tested in the regular season. They don't face adversity. And as a result, when they face adversity or they face a really good team in the Champions League, they don't know how to deal with it. It's the first and only time they have to do it all season. And they crumble. Yeah, no, I mean, I... I, I see that like because I do root for them, but I mean it's it, it is it is tough to. Watch. I mean w- when you play in England or Germany or Spain, you have five to ten guaranteed tough anyone can win games a season. Yeah, no. and and there's just no substitute for that. And then you put right. So if you're in, if you're in the England, I mean not to mention the parity in the league where anyone can win any day. Except for, I guess, Man City like mm-hmm. doesn't lose. But, I mean, typically... Anyone, well, they did the Tottenham. I know. But I'm just saying, typically anyone can win any day. I mean, you've got probably 12 especially hard games. you got the top six whenever you play the top six. You know, even if you're already in that, it's extremely difficult. Plus, you got FA Cup, so maybe you're adding more games that are really hard. You're playing tough competition, what, every two, three weeks? You know what it's like to train. You know what it's like to prepare. These guys, they're off, you know, probably off off of yachts in the south of France during the week, and they just show up, you know, with a little bit of champagne in their bellies, and they play like, you know, what, like Nice, like, and they steamroll them like twelve zero. Yeah, that's not competition. No, yeah, that I agree. That doesn't prepare you to play Real Madrid. I mean, it's like that. It's like that throughout Europe with the lesser leagues. It's like that in Germany. It's no, it, it's, it's not like that in Germany. That's not true. Germany, Bayern, Bayern Munich is. It's not. It's not to the scale. Of, of France, but it's like that in Italy, it's like that in Germany, and it's why those no, teams no. don't ever win. Here's the no. Here's what happens in Germany. In Germany, while the, the better teams almost always come out on top, watching the Bundesliga is almost Premier League-like in its parity level in the sense that on any given day, you feel as if either team could win. You see the team at the bottom of the player, at, sorry, at the bottom of the table. They do play Bayern Munich and Borussia Dortmund tough games. They're not getting walked over like they are. But it's still in this. France. It's still the same every single year. It's the same result every That's year. That's true. Because Bayern Munich at one and, and Borussia Dortmund at two every single year. It was better in the early 2010s when when Borussia Dortmund and Bayern Munich were kind of trading championships. Right. Back when like Lewandowski was on was on Dortmund and they were going off. I mean, yeah. I mean, and Jurgen Klopp. Even 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 more recently, like when they had Aubameyang. I mean, I mean, Jurgen Klopp did bring. Dortmund to the Champions League final. He Let's did. not forget. Yeah, w- with Lewandowski. Yep. Um, and they lost to Borussia. I mean, to Bayern Munich, I believe. Yes, it was an all. It was an all German uh, final that year. Well, okay, so all I'm saying, spin zone. Jurgen Klopp's already played a domestic rival in the Champions League final and lost. Seems like it's time for him to play a domestic rival in the Champions League final and win. London is blue. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it is kind of blue. It's just Tottenham navy blue. No, no, whatever no. Whatever the navy Tottenham's blue is. Tottenham's white. Don't, you, you can't, you can't navy, corrupt my spin navy, zone. The navy blue. My spin zone is uncorruptible. I mean, the Tottenham logo is, is blue. It's a blue logo. It is. It's, it's just a, di- it's just a darker This blue. is how I know you're not a true fan. Any true fan would only refer to them as the Lily Whites. 
I mean, like we know that they are the living, but their second uniform is blue. So the accents of the I'm primary not uniform. I'm saying London is yellow because Chelsea's third jersey is yellow. Right, but I'm spin zoning that it is it is still technically blue because it's just the blue that's in Tottenham's jersey. Mm-mm. You know? No, 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 no. Much like, m- much like if you if you were like New York is blue because the Yankees wear navy blue. Mm. I would be like, well, actually, the Mets also wear blue, so could could just be Mets blue, just a different shade of blue. No, no, it's not the same. Yeah, I mean, it kind of because is. you identify with one. Also, color. It definitely London definitely isn't blue right now because art. Because Chelsea is the second best team in London right now. How can you say that that, that London is blue? They're not the team in the Champions League final right Why now. Why is Chelsea the second best team in London? Because in the standings, they're only behind Manchester City and Liverpool. Because they're not currently playing in the Champions League final right now. But they're higher in the table, and they're also by, in the European by, file. By one point. They're higher by one point, and I think they've played an extra game. So if anything, they are equally as good. No, because one of them's playing in the Champions League, and one of them isn't. One of them's playing in the Europa League with the best of the rest, with Frankfurt, with Arsenal, a couple of dumpster fires. Like, they're, they're not playing the same level of talent that Tottenham has gotten through to get there. Tottenham's gotten through Dortmund. They've gotten through Wait, but Man they, City. But Tottenham's, their only task is to play Liverpool, which Chelsea has done twice this year. Right. Ch- so it seems Gr- like they are playing the same level of competition. Now, now they will as of June 1st. Hmm. But I don't really think there's much of a discussion here because we know that Chelsea's not as good and we know that Hazard's leaving. We know that th- we know that they're going to be further penalized after this. We know none of those things and none of them are even true. Did you see the video the other day of the fan who stopped Hazard on the street and they were like, Hazard, are, are you leaving? And then he just like slowly nods his head and just puts the window up and drives away like ominously. Like we, knew, we know that he's gone. He, there's going to be a big, big, big fight. You know why? Now, if you read Chelsea Transfer Gossip, the Twitter account, which I highly recommend, uh... Hazard doesn't want to be seen as the bad guy. So he is not he is very hesitant to force his way out of Chelsea, which might make him stay. I mean like we we know that he is a, he, he's definitely about his image, he always has been about his image. So I could see I could see that side of the argument for sure, but I think at the end of the day he's going to go Yeah, but Chelsea's going to make him force his way out, and so they're going to play chicken with him. They're going to say if you want to go, you got to force your way out, and we're going to drag you through the mud. Uh, all I'm saying is if Chelsea can beat Arsenal here in the Europa League final, it will definitely – Hazard definitely – I think Hazard will stay if they can win. That would make Eden Hazard, by the way, a two-time Europa League champion, which is still very impressive. It's not an easy competition. It's like winning the NIT. No, it's not. Yeah, it's the best no, it's of the not. rest. It's, it's like Texas. Texas men's basketball, NIT champions. It's Basically like the same that. thing as saying you won the Europa League. No, there, it, it's not like that. It, it, there's – it is like, I mean, the Europa League is still extremely selective. So is the NIT. It's not the same. That's you know? disrespectful. That is disrespectful to the... Texas is a good team. To the professional athletes that play this sport at a high level. The Europa League, is, I mean, it's not a joke. I mean, I think you're just equating it with what Tottenham has done coming down from a 3-0 aggregate. Why? Tottenham spent a, a dozen years... A team that has not signed any players. Tottenham spent they have a, the same squad that they've rolled with for the last three Tottenham years. Tottenham spent a dozen years playing in the Europa League. I bet that was good enough for you then. Tottenham... I, we don't have... We don't have to go into Tottenham's history here. Tottenham is notoriously trophyless in terms of its history. They're they have notoriously underperformed throughout their history. Mm. This is their shot right now. I think it's a team that you kind of have to root for because of the of how they've come 
of how they've brought together this team. Again, didn't sign anyone last year in the summer. Didn't sign anyone in the winter. This is the same squad that of likable guys that they've rolled with for the past th- several seasons. And given given that they've never really had any successes, their first ever final, it was their first ever semifinal. How can you not root for these guys? You know? Because I dislike them, and I'm a fan of a rival club. How can you not? But, like, Chelsea isn't even really the rival. It's really, the, it's, I mean, like, Tottenham and Chelsea have never really been enemies. They've never really had their moments. It's, it's always been Arsenal and Tottenham as in terms of that North London derby. Like, I, I don't have anything bad to say about Chelsea. I really don't. Um, there is no club in London that you'll ever find me rooting for. You're telling me that if Queens Park Rangers made a run, you wouldn't root for Queens Park Rangers? Absolutely not. Come on, Queens Park! What a story that would be. Absolutely. Or Crystal not. Cri- West Ham? How can you how can you say a bad thing about West Ham? The gritty blue collar London you, team. How could you not say a bad thing about West Ham? Have you observed? Them? I don't have a bad thing to say about West Ham. Just like I don't have a bad thing to say about the you know the Buffalo Bills. Don't have a bad thing to say about them. They're technically rivals with the Patriots. Have nothing bad to say about them. Honestly, I respect them as a franchise. I don't have to root against a team specifically because their geographic location or divisional location somewhat relates to the team that I root for. I don't have to necessarily root against that team. I really don't. I fundamentally disagree with you. The Buffalo Sabres. I got nothing bad to say about the Buffalo Sabres. They're in the same division as the Bruins. Mm. Always have been. Like, I got nothing bad to say about them. I really don't. Okay? Like, it, it doesn't just come down to those lines. At the end of the day, I can be a, a fan of the sport. I can be a fan of the game. You know? I, I, I can say that for pretty much every sport. I, sure, I have my team, mm. but I'm allowed to root for other teams that may, you know, come into contact with my team at some point. You know? Like, I don't... I, don't, I appreciate talent when I see it. And if I see a team like West Ham make a run, just because they happen to be in the same district as Tottenham and their fan bases definitely overlap, I can still root for them because I, I appreciate greatness. I do. I don't agree. I just – I fundamentally don't agree. You pick your you pick your team and in – you know in The Dodgers are my second favorite baseball team. They played the Red Sox in the, in the World Series last year. Yeah, but in, in soccer specifically, you know, the geography matters. You root for one team in England – and even if you want to root for two teams in England, you make sure I'm your not second saying, team is outside again, of London. Again, I think you're misconstruing that I'm saying that I'm rooting for Chelsea. I'm not rooting for Chelsea. I'm just saying I don't hate Chelsea on principle because they're another London team. At, this, at the end of the day, like, I, 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 I think Hazard's a great player, you know? I think I, I think Williams a great player. I think Chelsea's got some great players. I do because that, I have I, a lot of respect for Chelsea. I think that's what the football gods would want from us. I have a lot of respect for Chelsea. I have a lot of respect for Arsenal. But, I mean, like, I appreciate that they are rivals, but I also appreciate that it's Tottenham, at the end of the day, who's going to be the king of London when they come home with the Champions League title, the first in London in seven seasons, on June 2nd. It's going to be a great day. I might have to fly there for the celebration. I might have to. You never know. I wouldn't bet on it, but that is going to do us for our Champions League talk. We will have NHL playoffs. Stay with us. What are you All right, and welcome back to the Kyle and Kastnoff Show. We're talking NHL, Stanley Cup, playoffs. Oh my god. The Bruins, game one, 5-2 winners. Blowout. I said it was going to be a... The Carolina Hurricanes, they're a a complete step over. You know, move on. Bigger and better things are awaiting us in the Stanley Cup final. This, This could be a clean sweep here. Like, honestly, I wish... I wish that it was a team like the Islanders or the Penguins or the Capitals. I've been saying this all along because I, I, I want competitive hockey, and I haven't really gotten that so far. 
Um, since really the Bruins and the Maple Leafs, I think that was a great competitive series. I think that's unfair to the to the Carolina Hurricanes. I think they're a better team than people give them credit for. You don't get this far by accident. I recognize that they lost big tonight, but in the part of the game that I watched before we got on the air, I thought they were played excellent competitive hockey, and I think it's completely disrespectful to just dismiss the Carolina Hurricanes. But you're, the good thing is that you're not alone. You know, Everyone in the media has been doing that. And I think historically we've seen that's only played to the advantage of teams. When they are completely I think it's I think it's great that you're taking this side mm. because this is the side that you've taken so far throughout the playoffs, and you've been wrong every single time. I mean, you which may... Is, which is hilarious. You may know about me that I just really dislike the Bruins, and I want to see them lose at every right. turn. You know, I, I'd put more money on this series, honestly, because, like, I just love taking money from you. I'm all out of cash. I, I'd put... <laughs> I, I, like, what... Pick a... Like, honestly, pick a number, and, and I will match it for this series because... I just love taking money from you, and it's and it's just really easy when it comes to hockey because it seems like you and all your supposed knowledge of the game just loses time and time again when it comes to making bets with me and, and making playoff picks when it comes to the playoffs. And the I Bruins, can be biased just like anyone else. The Bruins are going to step over the Hurricanes in games two, three, and four because their depth is going to continue to overwhelm the Hurricanes. Four of the five goals tonight. Let me let me list off the players: Chris Wagner, Marcus Johansson, Stephen. Camphor, 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 Stephen Camphor, and Charlie Coyle. Depth scoring for the Bruins. I noticed is going to overwhelm. I noticed you skipped their top defenseman, Brandon Carlo, on that list. I skipped Brandon Carlo, okay. and I skipped Patrice Bergeron. Okay, <laughs> but the depth here still were they all contributed huge tonight, and that's what's going to stand out for the rest of the series. And that's what the Bruins have over the Hurricanes. At the end of the day, not, I mean, like they have a lot over the Hurricanes. They got a better goaltender. They got better top line talent. They got better depth. The Hurricanes probably win in terms of defensive depth. Definitively win. But that's it, honestly. That's, you know, three, three phases of the game that you have over, over the Hurricanes. Look, I'll say this. Regardless of the outcome, it would be nice to see Jumbo Joe and Eric Carlson get their Stanley Cups. I, I mean, it would be nice. Switching it out west. I hope. I hope it's Bruins Sharks. I will be rejoining the Sharks bandwagon from 2016 Good. when I was originally on it. The other team that I've picked all the way through, and here mm. they are. Yeah, here they are. I'll be rejoining on that one. Okay. Good. I mean, basically, in other words, what if the blue? What if it's Blues Bruins? I probably just wouldn't watch. <laughs> really? I mean, no. Ho- hockey would break you. You, you, the fan of all fans, would be broken. No. I mean, obviously I would watch. I haven't missed a Stanley Cup final in like the last decade, but I would not be happy about it. Would you say that that would be good for the game if it's Blues versus Bruins? No. Dude. I think it would be, I think the Blues winning a Stanley Cup would be great. I cannot share my feelings about the St. Louis Blues really, on air. Really, any of the teams, aside from the Hurricanes, I don't really care to see the Hurricanes even this far. Um, the Blues, I think it would be great to see them. Because the Blues haven't been to a Stanley Cup since the Bobby Orr game in 1970. That would be a great storyline if it's Blues-Bruins. Here's what I'd like to ask you, actually. I'd, I'd really like to bring this up on the show. Which is that, do you recall a certain tweet that I sent you earlier this week, on Tuesday specifically, from our good friend Pierre Lebrun? No. Well, let me read it You'd to you. you have to read it. Okay, go ahead. Oh, let me read it to you. I will. Excuse me, it's loading. <clears throat> we talked about on this show, you said... That success now for teams like the Carolina Hurricanes isn't turning to revenue later? Let me read you this tweet, and for all the folks at home. 
from Pierre Lebrun, the hockey insider for The Athletic and TSN. Impact of Carolina's dream season, colon. A year ago at this time, the Canes had sold $500,000 in new ticket business for the following season. A source says as of yesterday, meaning Monday of this week, the Canes had sold $3.6 million in new ticket business for next season. Not renewals, new business. Talk about the effects of playoff hockey. Well, I mean, like, that's right in line with what I've said all along. I've said all along that this success for the Hurricanes is going to definitely spur success next season in terms of rising attendance numbers okay, and just general just business. Not true. But can... at the end of the day, as we've shown with Carolina consistently having the lowest attendance records 10, 12 years out from their past Stanley Cup victory, it doesn't mean anything for long-term success because the market is not beneficial to that. That's not true. Being... There are market constraints in Raleigh, North Carolina if... that just, you know, they... I can't even get into this because I've been, like, that tweet just supports everything that I've said. It really has. No, it doesn't. All it says is that they need to actually be good in order to support hockey there, which is something we know of small market teams. We know that to be true. Tampa Bay wouldn't be selling out every night if they had him in the best team in the league for the last, you know, five, eight years or one of, right? That's why they they sell out down there. It's not just because they have hockey fans. They have hockey fans because they win. You know, if Carolina goes on and makes and a- I, and then my fault and my second point is I've seen no indication that Carolina will continue to win. One hot run in a postseason is no indication that a team is going to continue to win in the regular season. Yeah, but why do you discount all their you young skilled players who have got them to this point? I just don't understand why you don't think that makes them a good team. I just am so shocked by I that. I mean, they're not a bad team. I mean, I think they're no better than Columbus. Like I. I- I don't think they're any worse than Columbus. I, I think they're actually pretty on par. Them, Columbus, and Toronto were only separated by three points. Like, I, I see them all as pretty similar teams. And don't you... I see the Bruins as being better than Yeah, them. but don't you think of all three of those teams as perennial playoff teams? No, I don't. Honestly, because I, cause I, I, I don't think Columbus will make Why the playoffs not? next year. Ex- with the exception of Carolina, each of them has made the playoffs for the last three years in a row. Why would you think that they would not make the playoffs next year? Columbus is in a unique situation because everyone on their team is UFA. Sure. But the Leafs have made it for the last three years in a row. Why would you, I, you assume they'll be back, right? Um. Yeah, I would assume they'd be back. Okay. I well, think they'll be back in the same position next year. So the Carolina Hurricanes, who, I mean, with the exception of Justin Williams, I think every player is under contract for another three to five years, yeah, so an, an, by an, and large. A, 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 another 95 points next year. Another which wild card berth. brings them into the playoffs, and, and which that's gives all that them a chance, that's all that matters. which keeps them selling tickets, which increases their attendance, which makes them a good market to be in. I, I mean, like, the discussion isn't about whether or not they're a good team. I mean, like, I'm just saying that the Bruins are better, and I think that it's not good for the league to have all these... Yeah, but you're just dismissing lack my of, point. I'm saying that success does equal money in yeah, these markets. Yeah, and that's what I, I... I've said the same thing. Obviously, it's not sustainable. Obviously, it's going to be a short-term boost, but at the end of the day, there are market constraints, and I don't think Carolina will continue to win for a long, for long stretches because of the market that they're in. Like, Why it's do you the same deal like in the NBA. The Sacramento Kings have had periods of winning, but small market teams never like consistently win for years on end because that's just not how it works. But that's at the end not of the day, true at, in At the NHL. end of the day, the great players gravitate to the big markets. That's not necessarily true in today's NHL because of the sharp salary cap structure, which means that if guys want to get paid, they got to live in Raleigh, North Carolina. Sure. I mean, I, again, like I think the Bruins are the better team. They'll walk over the Hurricanes. Sure. like the, uh, Good for them. Good for them. Props to them. For a, a city that it celebrates an Eastern Conference Finals berth. 
You know, I'm long. I I don't I don't wake up for Eastern Conference Finals bursts anymore. As excited as I am, you know, I'm a champion. I, I, I'm a champion. I, I only get out of bed in the morning for titles, for cups. And that's what I want this year. So in year. other words, you're a front runner because you haven't gotten out of bed for a Bruins game since 2013. Exactly. I haven't. So that makes you a front runner. Sure. That makes you no better than the fans down in Carolina. Sure. What? Sure. I'm just saying that as, as a champion, as, as a World Series champion, as a Super Bowl champion, as an NBA champion, as an NHL champion, you know, I've been there for all of them. I don't get out of bed for an Easter comedy. I don't put myself on TV in a square in Toronto, Ontario, watching having the, having the whole world get my heart ripped out. You know, because watching you don't me get like, my heart ripped out because you don't like fans or camaraderie or fun. No, or I don't litter- like I don't like getting put on TV every single year for every sport. Watching having the whole world watch me get my heart ripped out. I think it's so funny when they show that on. And like we're not talking about Toronto here, but I, I just laugh at other, at teams at fans of, of teams in every other market. I do because they're just they're just not the same as the Boston fans. The Boston fans are kings are kings of fans and they're champions. They all are. Well, let me just say this for those of you who don't know. Kyle and I both went to school in the Boston area, though I'm not from there. But my only experience of living in the Boston area is of back-to-back years of the Boston Bruins not even getting a playoff berth. So I don't even know what you're talking about. The Boston Bruins have the record, the NHL record for postseason appearances. I, I'm, I'm, they're allowed to be dismissed mm. for some recent, you know, a two-year stretch where they didn't make the playoffs when they made the playoffs for 29 straight years from the 70s th- all the way through to the early 2000s. You know, they, they get a pass in my book. They've been so consistently good for so long. Granted, they went 38 years without a, without a cup, sure. But they've always been right there. It they happens. always... They've always been right there, you know. They, they've had their heartbreaks. They've lost to the, Oil, to the Edmonton Oilers a few times, but they've always been right there. So mm. you, so you bring up the two years out of the last ten I'm that just they sharing, missed the playoffs. That's only, that's my experience when the Hurricanes, of living in Boston. You know, when clearly, you know, in Eastern Conference Finals birth, mm. when they're going to get swept. You know, when that when that drums up so much, business, they're not going to get good, swept. Good for them. I will bet Props you that they will not get swept. Props to them. Do you want to bet? I'll bet right now that the Bruins are going to walk over the Hurricanes in four games. What are my odds? I'll give you seven to one. Seven to one odds. Seven to one. That the Hurricanes win one game? Yes. That the, that, that the Carolina Hurricanes win one game against the Bruins. $15. is a little high at seven to one. Ten. Ten. I'll give you ten dollars $10 at seven to one. Okay. I think we should talk about the future of the Kyle and Kasanoff show with our remaining two minutes of airtime. Yeah, so uh, I think the deal is that with school ending, unfortunately, next week, we should actually get studio time next week at some point. That would be ideal. Um, so we should be back with – so this so will obviously drop. You guys will be listening to this on Friday. Next week's will probably drop midweek if I had to guess, mm-hmm. given our slate at the end of the week. And then from there – um, we'll keep you posted on Twitter and whatnot, but it should be, I, I presume, a midweek drop the following week, and we'll, mm-hmm. and we'll tr- we should try and stick to that for the foreseeable future if it's maintainable with our schedules. The goal, the goal will probably be at least to get us through the championship season. Plus, I'll actually be going to the NHL draft, so maybe we'll get some content out of that. Sure. And I'm planning on attending Bruins. Potentially, I could be $70 poorer, but Game 6 is in Boston next Saturday night. I plan on, I plan on attending... If it happens, okay. Mr. I I, I, I kind of hope it doesn't though. 
So we'll keep you posted. Stick around. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to 88.7 WHCL-FM in Clinton, New York, for all of our live listeners. And if you don't hear from us next week, you know, thank you for listening to us live on air on WHCL, as Kyle said. It's been a great, great semester. And we'll be back in the fall with some more Kyle and Kasanoff show. Thanks. Love you guys. Love you guys.